and welcome, welcome. I am Deb Creer, the socialite, and I am passionate about working with people to show them how to use social media to promote themselves and their business. And I am delighted today with my guest. Um, I know that some of you were expecting Kathy Beck, and we just had a slight scheduling snafu, and we will have Kathy on hopefully before too long. So, um, you know, look forward to that. But as I said, I am delighted to have Lita Citrone here again. Um, Lita is an expert on personal branding and online reputation management, you know, and it ties so much into social media that that was why we wanted to have her back because we get so many questions about this. Uh, so let's just jump right in. You know, we've got so much to talk about. I really do just want to dive right into this. So first of all, Lita, what is somebody's reputation and why do we even care? Well, great question, Deb, and thank you so much for having me back. This is um, you have a, a great following and a great audience base, and hopefully we can we can cover a lot of ground today. You know, the best way to think about reputation is it really is the opinion and the perception other people have of you. And um, contrary to what our mothers taught us growing up, when our mothers said it doesn't matter what people think about you, <laughs> uh, which I'm a mother and I've done the same thing and I've had to apologize to my kids. Um, it does matter what people think right. about you because mm-hmm. the way I perceive you, the opinion that I have of you is what I will use to assign you value or mm-hmm. not. So if I perceive you to be credible and thoughtful and collaborative, for instance, mm-hmm. then I might be willing and more inclined to bring you into a conversation that offers you an advantage. Great. If I perceive you as someone who's difficult to deal with, arrogant and pushy, mm-hmm. I might be more reluctant. So the way people think about you really does Mm -hmm. affect those opportunities that you're given. And that's called reputation. Well, and it used to be that people could only make those decisions pretty much by meeting someone face-to-face or hearing about, you know, how somebody else thought of someone. But now we have this little thing called social media where people can develop their impressions of someone most of the time without ever even having met the person face-to-face. Well, and a lot of those things existed before. They just exist in a different way now. Right. So when you talk about, you know, prior to online, to the Mm -hmm. social media world, we had gossip. We have image. We have impression. And, you know, maybe you said something at a party or somebody overheard something or somebody interacted with you and it wasn't very favorable. Mm -hmm. They would go and share that with people in a a more discreet way. The water cooler. Sure. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, over a cocktail after work. Mm Now we have the opportunity to do that in a much more public forum. Um, and that's what social media has really opened up. And while it has challenges, it has tremendous opportunities right. as well. I think one of the things that bothers me the most is when somebody tells me, I don't care what other people think about me. And and you know they do, you know, because... And and maybe it's when I'm seeing them posting online. And I know that what they're posting they do care about what people are thinking and what they're saying, but they might word things in a way that they shouldn't, or they forget who they're connected to. How do you deal with people like that who do the, you know what, they're going to like me no matter what, or they're going to hate me no matter what. So what difference does it make? Well, and I hear that too. Um, most of my personal branding clients are very senior level executives. Mm-hmm. Um, they're C-level executives. And I hear that quite often. You know, I have my people to manage my reputation or it doesn't matter because my company is number one in the market. Very rarely are we the only one who can offer a service or a product mm-hmm. that that market needs. So in a lot of ways, the perception, the reputation, the experience people have with us 
makes buying decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, and it does matter what people feel. And, and just to go back to the reputation piece for just a second, if you think about the assets that you have as a company or as an individual, mm-hmm. you can do everything from experience to brick and mortar to intellectual property. Mm-hmm. But your reputation, the way that I perceive you, is one of the most critical and valuable assets you have. As a, as a person and as a company. So to think that it doesn't matter what people think about you mm-hmm. is, is naive in this day and age. But even more so, what the brand does in the space that I work in is corporate and personal branding. Mm-hmm. The brand sets the expectation for feelings. And I, I recently shared with my audiences online that uh, I think it was Maya Angelou who said, you know, people will remember what you did for them and what you, you know, what service you provide, but more importantly, they'll remember how you made them feel. Right. And branding is all about feelings. Mm -hmm. It's all about that emotional experience that I have with you. And if I believe that you really don't care, that comes across. Well, and unfortunately, someone's reputation can be tarnished very quickly. And, and then it's very difficult to change someone's view. Can you do that? You know, if, if somebody got the impression of me, especially maybe by my online posts, that maybe I'm flighty, that I don't take life seriously, things like that, and maybe it was just two or three posts where that, that happened, how can someone correct that? Or can they? I, I would argue that I don't, I don't think it happens that quickly. Um, and I have dealt with some high-profile individuals who have been very concerned, for instance, about a blogger who took attack at their particular investment strategy Mm -hmm. or a move that their company Mm -hmm. made, and they felt like that was going to destroy 30 years of credibility. I I haven't seen it happen as quickly Mm -hmm. and as as fragilely as we might think. Um, It's very different than when we were in high school and dating the wrong guy (laughs) can just, you know, quote unquote, destroy your reputation. I think, you know, what people look for when they form perception is norm. They look for, you know, consistency. Mm -hmm. So if I experience Deb Creer mostly as someone who's friendly and approachable and and smart, but then I see you chewing out the lady at the checkout at the grocery (laughs) store one time, it doesn't mean that everything that you've ever done and that I've experienced all of a sudden goes out the window and now I think you're, you know, this nasty Mm -hmm. person. Same thing online. You know, people can have a bad day. Um, They can fly off the handle. When that becomes the norm, then we perceive that person that way. Um, But you can definitely change Mm -hmm. perception. Well, and I think part of it is, you know, we we might react to something negative immediately, Mm -hmm. but then we do balance those things back out, or we forget some of them, or they they get downplayed. I think a great example would be Joe Paterno. Um, You know, he had such an outstanding, stellar career as a coach, and then, you know, not so much at the end, but then people did shift back to remembering some of the good things that he did. And, you know, it's, it's funny. One of the things that I heard a lot of talk radio talk about was grade him, grade his career. And immediately after the situations happened at Penn State, it was he gets an F. He gets an F. He gets an F. And now many people are back to he gets a B or he gets a C. Did he make a mistake? Yes. I mean, certainly the, the perception is that he did. But I think people have tempered that back with what they knew of him in, um, you know, prior to that episode. Well, I, I, I will offer, as a general rule, I don't comment on celebrities, politicians. Um, I was interviewed about Tim Tebow, and that's just because I bleed orange and blue. <laughs> um, so I don't, you know, there, there's too much else that goes mm-hmm. into public reputation at right. that scale. But I think when, it's, when we're talking about people like you and me, mm-hmm. um, 
it's context. Put it all in context. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm following somebody on Facebook or on Twitter or I'm tracking their YouTube channel and I'm watching what they're posting and all of a sudden they veer off into a different direction, as a consumer of that material, I'm going to watch to see if it's a fluke. Right. If it, if it isn't, then mm-hmm. I'm going to form a different perception mm-hmm. based on what I'm seeing mm-hmm. happen. Um, that's, I think, more real in the world that we probably mm-hmm. live in on a day-to-day. Well, and I also look at how other people interact with someone online. Um, one of the things that I tell people is Facebook tends to turn us all into eighth graders to some degree. We are who we associate with. And so maybe I have a great reputation, but if all the people, especially if they're posting about me, and then maybe they're saying, great party this weekend, love seeing you, you know, see how many shots you could have, all those. You know, maybe they're joking. Now, of course, they would be with me. But, um, you know, I, I do look at how other people interact with someone to, to kind of start forming my overall impressions of them. How do you counter that, especially if you have people posting things that they shouldn't about you? Well, and, and of course, that's when you get into the side of my work that's called reputation management. And as I mentioned, a lot of my clients are high profile. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not celebrities or politicians, but they are high profile in their industry. Mm-hmm. And what I've started noticing is that people will try to attach to that. Mm-hmm. So you'll have someone who likes every comment that this person posts. <laughs> and it might not even be on their mm-hmm. personal because you can you can right. opt out mm-hmm. there. But let's say they follow them on Twitter mm-hmm. or they follow their Facebook um, business page. They'll start liking everything. They'll start saying, you know, yeah, that's a great point to everything because then they're showing up in the feed. Mm-hmm. And, and that's and something. tagging onto their coattails. And we have to watch that in reputation management because that's a way of, you know, a- attaching to mm-hmm. that reputation that might not be in the best right. interest of the client. Well, and, you know, a, a good example of that would be somebody who does retweet every single mm-hmm. thing that somebody tweets. That's great. That's, you know, you think, wow, you know, they loved my stuff so much. But then what if somebody goes to that person's Twitter feed and sees something that's very inappropriate? Mm-hmm. And and not just one or two posts. You know, if they're consistently more inappropriate, then you really do start getting a little confused. And I think part of it is people don't understand that, you know, we, we are all interconnected on these sites. It's not just what I post. It's how other people post, how they post about me, how they're using my name in context. Uh, you know, if, if somebody posts a link to uh, something on Twitter and tags me in it, I will always go, even if I know them, I typically go in and, you know, unless I really know what that link is, I will go in and I will delete that post. Because if it's a link to something that's, maybe inappropriate mm-hmm. or a sales tool or something and they were just using my name to get people's attention to me that's inappropriate and actually I report them as spam on Twitter um, now the problem is you can't always click those links because they have you know used a, a, a URL shortener mm-hmm. so then you're not sure what it's going to go to so that's why I just delete it well and I think the the bigger question is for someone who is looking to get into social media or social Mm -hmm. networking Mm -hmm. whether they've been there for a while and haven't really been intentional about what they're trying to do to build or change their reputation or whether they're now looking at it as a channel is to understand that social media is a marketing channel right it is a marketing channel and so in the same way and i i I do a lot of speaking you know around the country Mm -hmm. and i talk to groups about social media and reputation and my biggest question is if I put a price tag on this, would you be willing to pay for mm-hmm. it? I think because it's free, we all think it's it's open access. Mm-hmm. But if you don't apply a strategy, the same as if it was a PR campaign, mm-hmm. an advertising right. campaign, a direct mail piece, mm-hmm. would you invest 
the same amount of dollars and would you approach it with the same lack of strategy Mm -hmm. when when i work with clients whether it's you know for a workshop or for a personal brand strategy we're constantly looking at questions like what is my current reputation online who's my audience how do i want them to feel about me and Mm -hmm. what do i want them to know because that's how you design a social media strategy and then it answers questions like you were just bringing up how am I going to interact with my audience? Mm-hmm. Am I going to share? Am I going to build awareness? Am I going to create information flow? Is this a feedback tool? Mm-hmm. What is this designed to do for you? Right. You know, it, it can't simply be an extension of our social mm-hmm. circles in a business context. Right. Well, and you, you brought up a very important point, and that is about monitoring what's there. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just, gee, I'm going to post this information. And, you know, people do need to keep track of what is being said about them or around them. You know, maybe they have been tagging those posts and, and using your name in it, things like mm-hmm. that. What happens if somebody really does start abusing that privilege? You know, a, a, when you work with your clients, how do you tell them, you know, to? is there a way to discreetly talk to someone or do you have to be a little more in your face and say, hey, stop doing that? It all depends on the situation. Uh, I would advise my clients to get ahead of that by being more discriminating about who they connect to. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't believe you accept every LinkedIn invitation. I don't believe you accept every Facebook invitation. Mm -hmm. Um, Certain channels, you have less control. You mentioned Twitter. Mm -hmm. You can block somebody, Mm -hmm. but otherwise people can follow Mm -hmm. you if they want to follow you. They can retweet you if Mm -hmm. they want. You can subscribe to a channel on YouTube, but when it comes to the things you can control, LinkedIn and Facebook in particular, I would get ahead of that problem by being very careful about Mm -hmm. who I connect to. Um, and then there are channels through those platforms mm-hmm. to be able to react and, and even get those organizations. Right. We've had situations where somebody has taken my client's name and created a Facebook page mm-hmm. around it, and they don't have the rights to be able to do that. So whether you go after trademark infringement mm-hmm. or things like that, you know, Facebook and LinkedIn and Twitter, they don't want problems. Right. They don't want people misusing mm-hmm. the tools. So they're very, I have found them to be very proactive in helping us get ahead of that. Great. Well, Amazingly, it's already time for our first break. I know, you know, time just flies so much because this is so interesting. So we are going to take a quick break and then come back to talk more about how to manage your online reputation. Terrific. You got a friend in me.
are back, and you do have a friend in me. Um, I am Deb Creer. I am the socialite. Feel free to follow me on Facebook, on my Facebook page, which is Deb Creer the Socialite. You can also find me on Google+, on LinkedIn, on YouTube, on Twitter, all those various sites. And you can find that information on my show page at milehighradio.com. We are here talking about your online reputation with Lita Citrone, who is an expert in this. She speaks all across the United States, has written a great book about your reputation. It is, uh, it's funny, I, I bought, ooh, how many, I bought like 10 copies of mm-hmm. the book and gave Thank it you. to various people. <laughs> and they still tell me how much they enjoyed that book. Tell us a little bit about the book and how people can find it. And if I remember right, aren't you getting ready to write another book? Well, the book is coming out on ebook, uh, but Reputation 360, Creating Power Through Personal Branding, is available obviously through Amazon, Barnes & Noble, but if you want a signed copy, you can buy it through reputation360book.com. Uh, the electronic version for Kindle and Nook and iPad is coming out hopefully within the next two Great. weeks. Um, my next book is actually going to be tailored to the veteran community. Very nice. Because I do a lot of work with the United States military, mm-hmm. uh, various channels. I'm going next week to Philadelphia mm-hmm. to go work with another group. And social media is a big part mm-hmm. of how that community is looking to transition into a civilian career. Right. You know, let's, uh, let's briefly talk about that a little bit. Is, is, you know, somebody who has been in, say, one mm-hmm. industry, you know, whether it's the military or some type of industry, and they have, a brand mm-hmm. that has been established there. How do they change to a different type of impression that people have of them? Well, I would say your brand doesn't really change. It's how you market your brand. So when I work with veterans, um, in particular, I work with a community of disabled veterans mm-hmm. who've come back from Afghanistan and Iraq. But let's say I'm working with um, an executive who's transitioning out of digital media into philanthropy mm-hmm. or sustainability into real estate. Whatever it is, when we're transitioning, it's our job to make sure that the new marketplace knows the value proposition tied to our brand. Mm -hmm. So in the case of the the veteran coming back from war who says, you know, when I served as a commander in the military, um, I was known for my leadership skills, my ability to make quick decisions, um, the camaraderie. How do I build that into a corporate resume? That's a perfect thing for corporate. Well, exactly. They forget that sometimes those Mm -hmm. are exactly the same skills. But it's not the same to say um, the, the, the military tactics that you manage, mm-hmm. you have to make that translatable into a civilian environment. Right. So dollar for dollar, management, you have to use words like management skills, mm-hmm. leadership skills, accountability for financial resources, the things that a veteran might not think about because they may have been packing 50 pounds mm-hmm. running through the desert, um, but it's those same skills. Mm-hmm. So that's the, the brand is the part that is the authentic value proposition, and it applies to whatever career mm-hmm. we're in. Great. You know, it, it was funny. I mentioned that just today um, to one of my students. I teach at Metro State, and their assignment for today was to write a sample summary that they would have on a LinkedIn profile. And one of them has served uh, with the Marines for five years. And he just briefly mentioned that in his summary. Mm-hmm. He uh, achieved... Um, a captain i believe he was at least you know he'd been in he'd been promoted several times 
But he, he really did just briefly mention it. And I told him, you need to talk about that a little bit more because he was in charge of people. He was in charge of budgets. He did all of these various things that to him didn't transition into civilian life, but it was very much a part of who he was. Well, and that's a tricky one. And, and you know, early in November, uh, John Jones, a uh, retired um, Marine Corps sergeant and I, did a program for you mm-hmm. uh, on Mile High Radio, and I believe it's archived it on is. your site. Mm-hmm. So any veterans who are listening can go and hear much more detail about that community. But there's a slippery slope. Um, I, I work with a lot of vets who come back having had careers that some of us might not um, understand. Mm-hmm. Sniper, for instance. You've got a 25-year-old or a Mm 30-year-old gentleman sitting in front of you who has sniper on their resume. You're thinking, Um, hmm. You know, an HR recruiter (laughs) in an insurance company will Mm -hmm. have different images in their Mm -hmm. mind than perhaps Mm -hmm. that person wants. So it really is about taking responsibility for making sure that it translates. Mm -hmm. And that's the best uh, work that I do with the vet community is to help them understand Mm -hmm. how to leverage those values. Well, and I know part of what you work with, too, is how they can reach out to other people Mm -hmm. and get out of kind of uh, that, especially if they've been a long-time career military, Mm -hmm. they don't have those contacts. And so how they are approaching people on Facebook, LinkedIn, all those various sites for the Mm non-military people can be very, very important. But that's the same as a mom returning Mm -hmm. to the workforce after raising children. And that kind of circling back to your Mm -hmm. question is really why I wrote the book. Mm -hmm. Because Reputation 360, Creating Power Through Personal Branding, which came out last year, is a Mm how-to. It walks the reader through, and you know, because you've Mm -hmm. bought so many of them, um, it walks you through how to uncover what it is that makes you different, Mm -hmm. what makes you special, and then how do you market yourself. Mm -hmm. So the second half of the book is where I teach you how to do it through social networking, through image, through body language, Mm -hmm. through networking in person. And it's the same as if you're you're a veteran coming back or you're a mom going Mm -hmm. back to the workforce or you're someone who woke up in their mid-40s and said, I want to do something different Mm -hmm. because I'm not creating the legacy that I want Mm -hmm. for myself. Um, Social networking is a great place to do that if you're smart about it. You can also, you know, waste a lot of time Mm -hmm. or you could even do Mm -hmm. damage. It was funny. I was talking with somebody just last week about your book, and she has launched her own business. And and I had given her a copy of the book. And and to her, one of the most important aspects that she got from it was to be authentic. Mm -hmm. And she had an idea in her mind of what people expected of her, mm-hmm. particularly how she dressed. And so she was doing the suits, she was doing the heels, she was doing you know all of this, and it was just not comfortable for her. That was not the way that she wanted to be thought of and, and all those things. And after she read your book, she realized that was not a good thing. When she was trying to make herself be something she wasn't, she had established the wrong brand. You know, just to share a quick story on that, I remember a couple of years ago, um, a f- I was about two or three years into my business, and a girlfriend was looking for a job, and she said, can we go to this um, interview class? Mm-hmm. And she said, would you go with me? And I said, fine. So we go to this class, and this woman was standing up talking about image. And the more she was talking, my friend got very nervous because she knew I was coming out of my chair. Mm-hmm. The woman that was teaching this class was, was facing this group of probably very terrified people that were that were really really anxious mm-hmm. to find that next job and she was talking about the the, the do's the shoulds mm-hmm. and she said you should wear a suit in one of three colors oh. navy charcoal or a crew <laughs> and this woman in the back raised her hand and said 
what is a crew? Mm-hmm. Is it tan or yeah. is it white? Yeah. And these people were beige? frantically <laughs> writing these notes down. You know, if you don't wear makeup, wear makeup. If you wear makeup, mm-hmm. make sure you don't wear too much makeup. If you have tattoos, cover them. Cover all of these do's and don'ts. And all I could think to myself is, what if you're, you know, a blue eye shadow, mm-hmm. dangly earring, Hawaiian shirt wearing person? And I raised my hand as my friend wanted to slip out the back. <laughs> and I asked the woman, mm-hmm. I said, what if that's not right. you? Mm-hmm. And she said, well, then you won't get the job. I said, and? Yeah. I mean, I can appreciate you we all need to pay the yeah. phone bill. But that might not have been a good fit. But it, it most likely isn't. Mm-hmm. And haven't we all had those jobs where mm-hmm. we come home at night and we feel like we're taking off a mm-hmm. costume? Right. You know, we wore shoes that just weren't our style. Mm-hmm. We dressed or presented ourselves and used language. I mean, I'm guilty of it. I've had mm-hmm. those jobs. And it, it's only when, you're, like, when your friend talks about finding that authenticity. Mm-hmm where people appreciate what makes you you and they're willing to overlook a little and they mm-hmm. embrace you know your your colorful personality and the things that stand you apart mm-hmm. from your competition that's when we go home at night and it just feels like we're an extension of how we right. were all day mm-hmm. um so i don't believe in that whole public versus private this is how i am at work but this is how my friends know me at a certain point that becomes a lot of work mm-hmm. And and I think to me that's very much how social media ties in. Mm-hmm. You know, does someone have a certain persona when they're posting online? Now, granted, there are things where you know I, I tell people, would you want your mother? Or it was funny. I was listening to a radio program last week where they were talking about Twitter, and one of the local TV stations is making all of their reporters. Uh, be on Twitter and be very mm-hmm. active on Twitter. And so one of the things they told them as kind of the rule to follow is always act like the microphone is on. Mm-hmm. So, you know, would you say some of those things? Some people would, some people wouldn't, but it still does come back to authenticity. You know, we work with people we know, we like, and we trust, and we get to know them on social media. But there's there's still the privacy concerns. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't want to post about other people without knowing it's okay. Um, and, you know, talk about it. How do you deal with things like that? Well, the mic is always on, and mm-hmm. um, I love that. Uh, I might actually use that. But anytime you're going online, you're entering a public conversation. Right. And the idea that privacy settings, I'm controlling who I'm connected to, once you type in www, mm-hmm. you're giving up a lot of that control. Yeah. Now, the advantages are tremendous mm-hmm. of what you can do. I have built my national reputation, actually international reputation, through social media. Mm-hmm. And I am the first one to say it is a most phenomenal strategy and the most wonderful marketing channel for what I do. But the downside is you have to watch everything. Mm-hmm. I don't ever suggest, you know, disparaging another brand or a person, posting something that you don't want to show up in in the Mm -hmm. New York Times tomorrow, um, you have to be very careful. You Mm -hmm. have to be careful about who's attaching to you, and you have to be careful about what you're saying. It is not the same thing as having a conversation with a bunch of girlfriends over a martini. It is not the same thing. It is public, and it is permanent. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think that's very often when I see posts that I consider to be maybe inappropriate, I think that's where people have forgotten. Mm -hmm. You know, they think maybe they're only posting on someone's wall, and they forget that mutual friends can see that post. And then when somebody chimes in, they're like, wait, how'd you know? What? What? I'll give you a great example. Um, And and I, every time I do a program on building an online reputation, I I use examples from 
that the HR community mm-hmm. has really given me. Recruiters have multiple examples of how they can legally and ethically walk around privacy right. settings mm-hmm. because there's no such thing as private if right. it's online. Mm-hmm. Uh, one recruiter told me that she was interviewing a candidate and this woman just looked phenomenal, but she knew she had a Facebook page, but it was all locked down. Mm-hmm. And she was just curious because it was a risky hire. It was a high-profile position. So she goes down the hall to Bob, who referred this person to the company, and says, you know, Bob, I know that you're friends with this candidate. I'd love to see their Facebook Mm -hmm. page. Well, Bob's excited because the candidate's being considered, pulls up the Facebook page. Oi. There's nothing illegal or unethical about that. Right. Um, whenever I hire somebody, I have done Facebook searches, and I have talked to candidates about what I have found. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's the things we don't think other people are going to care about that all go to create a perception. Mm-hmm. I shared with you when my son was applying for colleges. Um, he started getting friend requests from the athletic directors and recruiters at the colleges he was mm-hmm. applying to. So do you not accept them? Or do you yeah. accept them and let them into your high school right. world? And if you don't accept them, mm-hmm. they're going to think, why? Something's what are you wrong. hiding? Right. Mm-hmm. And if you're the son of a reputation management expert, you better accept them. <laughs> and you better <laughs> you well, better have listened all those yes, years when yes, I told you not yeah. to put it on Facebook. Yeah. You know, and, and But that does bring us back to the question of what if your friends post yeah. about that? You know, Even mm-hmm. if they're just joking and they talk about, you know, I've seen posts where people have said, cheated on my SATs. Well, they didn't, but they thought it was funny. Right. Or somebody will say, mm-hmm. you know, hey, you know. But you can delete those. Yes. So there, the and problem is people will have seen them, though. True. But if it doesn't come from you and it does get deleted, I have talked to recruiters who say that that will make a difference. If you leave it up there or if you like it or if you comment back on it, that's, that's not problem. a good thing. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there's a website called Fired on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Go look at the things oh. people will post. I know. And think that their recruiters or their employers mm-hmm. aren't seeing it. It's yep. absolutely ludicrous. Yeah. So we're at the bottom of the hour, okay. so we're going to go ahead and take a quick break, and we will be back to talk right. more about online reputation. Making your way in the world today takes everything you've got. Taking a break from all your worries sure would help a lot. Wouldn't you like to get away? All those nights when you've got no lights, the check is in the mail. And your little angel hung the cat up by its tail. And your third fiancé didn't show. Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. Troubles are all the same You want to be where everybody knows your name Roll out of bed, Mr. Coffee's dead The morning's looking bright And your shrink ran off to Europe And didn't even write And your husband wants to be a girl Everybody 
We are back with reputation expert, internationally known, Lita Citrone. I am Deb Creer. I'm the socialite. Uh, and we're talking about how to manage your online reputation, how to make sure that the image that you're putting out there, especially on social media, is truly the image that you want people to see and know you for. So, you know, we at, before we took the break, we were talking about the fact that people post things that they shouldn't post. Mm-hmm. People post things about other people that they shouldn't post. And how to deal with things like that. You know, people have lost their jobs from posting online because they all assume, ooh, it's private. Um, you know, let's – what do you – have you seen some posts that are just – Amazing Absolutely. with what they post. Absolutely, I remember when um, when my son was in high school. Uh, one of the other mothers and I were connected on Facebook, and she had real issues with things that were going on at the high school, and she would post them on Facebook. And you know, I would I would talk to her offline and say, you know, this probably should be left off. And she mm-hmm. says, well, I don't care what they think about me. And I said to her, but you still have a son who's in school there. Mm-hmm. You don't think that the teachers and right. the administration is mm-hmm. tracking this? If you mention a company name or you mention another individual, just assume mm-hmm. they have a Google alert right. set up or you've used the hashtag that they're tracking, mm-hmm. and it's going to get back to them. And as much as it is hard to manage what other people are saying, I think even the more slippery slope is the things that we post without thinking. Mm-hmm. It's those vacation shots yep. where you're in a bikini. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pictures of you with alcohol. Mm-hmm. and. I don't care what people do in their private life. You don't see me photographed with alcohol. Right. Um, it's not relevant to my business. Mm-hmm. It's not a huge part of my social life. So I don't want people to create that perception of me based on mm-hmm. something they see in a right. photograph. You know, and, and one of the nice things about Facebook is it does allow you to set your preferences mm-hmm. so other people can't post things about you. You know, one of the big things that I always tell people is to turn it off where people can post that you're at a place with somebody. Most of the time, it's totally innocent, not a problem at all. But, you know, what if, say, you have told your boss that you're off for a meeting with a very important client and somebody else posts that they're at Starbucks with you and the boss sees that? You know, you can do the same thing with pictures. Mm -hmm. If you don't want a picture to appear of you, now they can always put your name in, but they can't tag you without permission. Now, the default on all of these is that they can. So you need to go in and change those settings. And you just go to your privacy filters and and you can change those. And I really do suggest to, to people to do that, especially women. You know, I don't want people telling the whole world where I am, especially if it might be an evening Mm -hmm. where maybe I'm walking in downtown Denver by myself or, you know, things like that. Or vacation. Mm -hmm. Um, My husband and I uh, were away for the weekend. I'll post that after the fact. I will never post it Mm -hmm. ahead of time. Um, and, and you're absolutely right. I, I think there's there's an element of accountability. Mm-hmm. And if we are worried about deception, then that, that's kind of a different mm-hmm. channel. But if, if there's a picture that you don't want most people to see, then email mm-hmm. it to a few people right. that you want to mm-hmm. see it. Put it on a Flickr account. Mark it private. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's such a slippery slope. And you lose a lot of control when you put it on social media. Well, and even if you've got it on, say, your Facebook page mm-hmm. and you have marked everything private, there's still that handy little key called print screen. Mm-hmm. You know, so you could print up that image. You know, I was talking to someone one time who worked for a very conservative CPA firm. And, you know, she, a great person. She was, you know, it had been there for many, many years. But they were extremely conservative. And they had a morality clause in part of her contract. Right. And so I'm on her Facebook page. And she has posted her pictures of her weekend in Las Vegas at the bachelorette party. 
And these pictures were not appropriate. Her boss would have not been happy Mm -hmm. to see these pictures. So I immediately contacted her offline. There would have been no way that I contacted her online and said, gee, you can't do that. And I said, you need to take those pictures down. And she said, well, but no, it's not a problem. I marked it private, so only certain people can see it. So then I went to the picture, and I did a right-click on it, which allowed me to save it. I then emailed it to her personal email address. I would have never sent it to her business address because I know that they watch those. But I sent it to her personal email address, and I said, I could have just as easily sent this to your boss. Get those pictures off now. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And the pictures you think are funny in the moment are Mm -hmm. permanent. Right. So high school kids who put pictures of, you know, them in bikinis, that's great. Mm -hmm. I mean, most of them look really good in their bikinis. Yeah. But um, when you... Do you want a potential employer to see that? Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, I I, I read a study done by HR people because there's a lot of legality Mm -hmm. that's coming up now with the whole um, how much scrutiny they can can use with Mm -hmm. online searches. You can't unsee something. Right. So a recruiter who sees something should or should not be able to use that information mm-hmm. in a hiring decision and that's where the the laws mm-hmm. right. is is all over that um but how do you unsee it? Right. Yeah, so maybe they saw that, you know, you were you were at a party and clearly people were Abusing a substance mm-hmm. would be an easy way to say that. Maybe you don't, but they do. You know, and, and so the other people in the picture were. So you go in for this interview, they saw that picture, they've kept it in mind. They will find another way to say you didn't get the job. You didn't right. meet the qualifications. You didn't, you know. Which does open up discrimination things. issues. Mm-hmm. Um, and I recently had an article that I wrote with an attorney that we know online. We wrote an article for the Business Journal about the legality mm-hmm. of um, of some of the social networking sites. Because right. it's, it's, it's real time. And mm-hmm. the law is catching up. HR practices are catching up. But you can't unsee it. Mm-hmm. Once it's out there, it's it's public. Right. Yeah. And, you know, that does bring up a point with the new Facebook, with mm-hmm. the timeline status, because it will be easier now for people to go back and search through things right. because they can just easily go to your page. And maybe they remembered that, you know, I'm talking to Bob today and, and I'm going to interview Bob for a position with this company. But I remember that back in 2010, Bob got fired for something and posted about it online. I could just go to his Facebook profile, click 2010 in his profile and easily find those posts. So go in and delete those posts. You know, if you, again, if you don't want your mom, if you don't want it on the microphone, all those things, make those posts go away. And I think that's probably a great way of illustrating that what we've learned from social networking, Mm -hmm. which is a part of social media, is that I think we thought it was the same as sitting around our living room chatting with people, Mm -hmm. but it really has become something bigger. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I might have a comment that I want to put on a television channel about a story that they're going to run well, all of a sudden, my name shows up on TV. Right. And your so, picture in some cases. In some cases. And if you use an avatar for mm-hmm. your image on Facebook that maybe is not very appropriate, mm-hmm. all of a sudden, that's now shown up on television because the laws, everything is catching right. up. Um, so I think it, some of, some people have gotten caught mm-hmm. with that, definitely. Well, and I think it's it, – we want to emphasize that again. If you post on a TV's Facebook page, mm-hmm. you know, a, a news program, all those various things, they do have the right to take that off of there and, and put yep. it on their broadcast. Yep. Absolutely. You know, and, and so, you know, that very clearly shows if you don't want to, you know, that out there to the world, just don't post it. So something you and I were talking about um, before we went on the air was when is it okay to chime in on other people's conversations? Right. You were sharing that, um, you know, 
sometimes we hear conversations mm-hmm. in person mm-hmm. and, you know, sometimes you want to chime in. When is it okay to do that online? What do you think about that? It's, it's very tricky because uh, we do fall into the habit of thinking that we're communicating directly with one or two other people. And we're posting it on our page. Even if we're posting on somebody's wall, it's not private, you know, because people are mm-hmm. seeing those things. I've responded to people or even just clicked like, and they've gone, how did you see that? They didn't realize it was there. Mm-hmm. So I think it comes down to if those people were talking right, you know, right next to me, would I jump in and, and say something then? Would you? It would actually it would depend on what it was. Yeah. You know, if somebody was saying something, you know, part of it though, if they don't understand that they're two feet away from me and mm-hmm. I can hear what they're saying, then maybe I would chime in and, and speak up or laugh at the joke. Or maybe I might do something discreetly so that they, they picked up that I understood right, them exactly. and heard them. You know, the, the person on the cell phone that's in the store and they're, you know, or in the restaurant and they're talking very loudly about, you know, their children's health care or something like that. I might, you know, make enough noise so that they understood, hey, I can hear you mm-hmm. and you're telling this to the world. Exactly. And I think those same rules apply online. Mm-hmm. I think if you see two people going back and forth in a dialogue, it, it's, it's a judgment call mm-hmm. whether you're going to chime in and say, hey, I agree. Or here's my perspective. I have actually had people, and this this was an interesting situation I dealt with, um, get in an argument on my wall. Oh. Uh, I posted something that one of my clients is very passionate about. My client responded. Somebody else that I'm connected to decided to chime in Mm -hmm. and, in in essence, tried to pick a fight with a client Mm -hmm. of mine, which client will always win. Um, Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) And and that was one where I had to pull this person offline and say, hey, you know, that's, Mm -hmm. that's not... Please don't right. have that kind of a conversation mm-hmm. on my wall. Mm-hmm. But it's, you know, it's very similar to what yeah. we deal with in person. Well, and I actually had that happen one time when I posted on somebody else's page. She was talking about teenagers and texting and mm-hmm. how much they text and that they do it just, you know, without even thinking anymore. And I mentioned the fact that I had been with my cousin and he was driving and, and texting. Not a good thing, I know. But he was actually texting, and and I hadn't realized how much he was texting. He was driving for about 45 minutes. And after we got to our our location, I said something about, you know, how many texts did you send? And he kind of glanced, and he said, oh, probably about 100. Hello, in 45 minutes. Mm -hmm. And so I just blithely mentioned this on this person's post. Unfortunately, somebody else took, uh, I wouldn't say offense. It was a very sensitive subject for Mm -hmm. her. And and my guess is that, that someone in her family or someone she knew very closely had been killed or injured seriously right. due to texting. And so what she did was she immediately said that I was an idiot, and she said that my cousin was an idiot and, you know, all these horrible, awful things. So then I felt bad that I had taken this person's original post down a different line. Right. So I went and I deleted my comments, and then I privately apologized to that person. So that's something to keep in mind. Mm-hmm. You know, if you jump into a conversation or are just posting – how can what you're saying be interpreted? Mm-hmm. It's not a whisper. It's a megaphone. Mm-hmm. You have the PA system for the biggest right. department store you've ever seen, yeah. and you're broadcasting it publicly. And you're broadcasting you know, to people who don't mm-hmm. know you. I mean, I had never met this woman. I have no idea where she was, I, and I did. I apologized to her. I said, mm-hmm. I'm terribly sorry. This is clearly something that is very sensitive, and I took it a little flip. But, you know, I had fallen into the trap of I thought I was communicating privately with that person. But did you smack your cousin for texting? I did. Thank you. Told him, don't do that. Okay. And, you know, he, he ignored me. <laughs> but, uh, you know, and, and but that does show these things, that privacy really doesn't exist online, 
and it is easy for your reputation to suffer because of it. And that's why it really is, you know, incumbent upon you to be more discerning right. about who you connect mm-hmm. to. Uh, if somebody's chatty in real life, they're going to be chatty online. Mm-hmm. If they're inappropriate in real life, they're going to be inappropriate mm-hmm. online. Right. And when you think about your own reputation, you are branded, in essence, mm-hmm. by the people you associate with. Yep. So if that's not the image you want for yourself then you're going to have to be a little bit more controlling Mm -hmm. about who you connect with online. When it comes to LinkedIn, I always use the filter of, would I have this person in my home if I were having a private Mm -hmm. networking event for my closest clients? And if it's somebody that has nothing to do with my industry, um, has no information about them that I can find out, if there's no connection that I can see, then I don't accept the invitation. Mm -hmm. If there's a connection on LinkedIn, I might inquire further, Mm -hmm. but I don't just blanket Mm -hmm. accept every telemarketer out of, you know, the Middle Mm -hmm. East. Well, and and that's the nice thing about all of this is it is so individual. Mm -hmm. I will connect on LinkedIn with pretty much anybody because it's it's the professional network. I do watch on Facebook, but no matter what, before I connect, I go to their profile. I want to see a little bit more about them. I want to find out why, especially if I just got the, I would like to add you to my professional network statement. Because we're friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> One of the new ones that I keep seeing on LinkedIn is, you are a person I trust, so I would like to connect with you. Really? Mm-hmm. You've never met me. How do you know that you trust me? But I always go to their personal page. I don't just automatically click except, you know, whatever the, the various options are in the various sites. And there are times where I have blocked people. Well, and the same thing with YouTube. YouTube mm-hmm. is probably where I'm most careful about right. it. Because video is a different medium. Mm-hmm. And I have a lot of videos on my YouTube channel. I like to share a lot of information with YouTube, with through video because I think it's a way to really humanize your brand mm-hmm. and to show more emotion than right. you can. I have a blog, unleashingyourbrand.com, which I post a tremendous amount of information mm-hmm. and tips about personal branding. But the experience you get when you see a video is very different. Mm-hmm. I get a lot of people who subscribe to my videos and will want me to subscribe to theirs. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate that they might want to learn how to market themselves and manage their reputation. But if, you know, if they post about bodybuilding, not my cup of tea. Right. So I don't have to subscribe mm-hmm. back. So it's not a quid pro quo. Definitely. And I think sometimes we have that misperception. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think that really is the, the fear that people have is if I don't like you back, you'll be mad. So? I mean, if it's not anybody I know in real life... I'm not going to be all that concerned if they get annoyed at me online. Right. Great. Well, let's take our last break, and then we're going to come back and finish up talking about online reputation. And being proactive. And definitely. Mm -hmm. How do you really make sure that what you have is what you want? you right. 
are back. This is our last little session. It's always such fun having Lita here. You know, obviously we keep bringing her back because what she's talking about is so relevant and, and so important. So I'm Deb Creer. I'm the socialite, and I'm here with personal branding expert and repu- online reputation management. She has such great titles. Um, Lita Citrone. We're talking about how to manage your online reputation, but mm-hmm. let's talk most importantly about how you have to be proactive mm-hmm. to do this. Don't wait until it's too late, or don't think, gee, it doesn't matter. How are you proactive about it? Well, again, if you if you look at social networking as a strategy, then you're going to have benchmarks in place to be able to measure return on your investment, mm-hmm. um, milestones that you hope to achieve, and in any marketing strategy, you're going to continue doing what works, and you're going to stop doing what isn't right. working. Mm-hmm. So when I look at, for instance, LinkedIn, um, I have, you know, that 500 plus connections. I use every aspect of my profile. And I noticed that LinkedIn is one of the most powerful tools for my reputation. Um, I, if you do a search under reputation management, I come up number one. If you search for personal branding for executives, I'm in the top four. All of those things are intentional because I started seeing that LinkedIn was really working for my business. Um, I've been interviewed by Forbes.com. I was interviewed actually last November by Fortune Magazine in the print edition. And numerous times have I been hired by clients because they did a search on LinkedIn. That's proactive marketing of my personal brand. Mm -hmm. Something like MySpace it, it doesn't line up with the demographics. It doesn't line up with my audience set. It doesn't line up with my strategy. Right. So, so I'm not going to put your a, time. Right. But, but you're going to try a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. And like you, I'm on every social networking platform out there, if anything, to get my name. Mm-hmm. But secondly, because I'm trying to see what works. We're all trying to figure this social networking mm-hmm. thing out. But then when you find one that works, whether it's YouTube or LinkedIn or Twitter or Plaxo, Squidoo, Google Plus, you continue to feed the the wolf that's em- that's hungry mm-hmm. and LinkedIn for me through consistency of posting, through authenticity, posting things that are real, spoken from my voice, um, and search engine optimization, which is so easy to do right. on LinkedIn, has made it very very profitable. Mm-hmm. And again, it ties to a strategy that I design. So when I work with a client who says, "Okay, I'm ready to go into social networking," okay, let's build a strategy mm-hmm. around that. Are you willing to blog? Are you going to video blog or are you going to write blogs? Are you going to comment on other people's blogs? You know, there's a whole program Mm -hmm. you build around this. It's not just throw it out there and they will come because you have to know who you want to attract. Right, yeah, because you want to attract the right people. Right. And and that's where quantity always comes in Mm -hmm. because I have so many people, and and especially business owners that say, I want to have 10,000 people that like my Facebook page and 10,000 people I'm connected with on Twitter. Well, that's nice, but if 9,999 of those people aren't your target audience, then it's a waste of time. It's like when somebody says to me, "Can you, you know, I want to be famous. Mm-hmm. You want to be famous, take a gun to a clock tower. Yeah. You can be famous. Right. Um, but it's quality over quantity. Mm-hmm. I completely agree. Now, the quantity tends to come mm-hmm. when the quality is there. Yes. And I know when I started my blog or I started building my social networking platforms, I wasn't as concerned about the, the number of mm-hmm. followers as I was just putting information out there, mm-hmm. as much information as I could share, not really worried about protecting or holding it back. I did free webinars. I was giving it all away. And I attracted the volumes right. simply because mm-hmm. the quality was there. And then what happens is that spreads. Mm-hmm. 
Well, and and it's funny when you talk about LinkedIn and search engine optimization and things like that. LinkedIn has its own internal mm-hmm. search engine, but Google loves LinkedIn. Yep. And if you have a complete profile with lots of good terms and and relevant industry terms, things like that, that's where it is so important. Uh, it was funny, you know, in, in class today that I was teaching, we were talking about building your your online profile. And we told the students, and I had a guest lecturer today, and and we told them that what was important was to use those keywords. And sometimes Mm -hmm. the keywords they would get from the job description. Right. Obviously, it has to match. You can't just randomly put the keywords in there because you think that that it's going to come up. And LinkedIn gets pretty smart about that, too. Mm -hmm. You know, if you just start putting, especially if you put things like other people's names. Right. If it doesn't tie back in, there's a problem. Um, you know, and, and so you have to watch those various things. But look at other people's profiles. Mm-hmm. You know, how have they worded things? And and it might really trigger, oh, you know, I've been trying to think of that, and it was just eluding me. Clearly, don't cut and paste. That's right. very bad. But, you know, maybe they worded it in a way that, that works, too. This is a social community. Learn for. I mean, I love to see um, my clients looking at mm-hmm. my LinkedIn profile. They're already my clients. Right. But they're learning from mm-hmm. me, and they're seeing how I did it. Another great example is military. Um, a lot of the veterans that I work with, when you look at their LinkedIn profiles, which they did because they knew that this was going to be important as mm-hmm. a business tool, lists all their military experience mm-hmm. and all the terminology and jargon. Yeah. That's not what a recruiter in a financial services firm is going to be looking for Mm -hmm. when they want to hire a vet. They're going to look for terms that are specific to that Mm -hmm. industry. So it is about speaking in the language of the audience that you're looking to attract, Mm -hmm. which means you have to know who you're looking for. Mm -hmm. And what does that audience want to know about you, and what do they want to feel about you? If they just want to see technical expertise, then go ahead and put your resume up there. But most of us want to learn something about the person that we're about to have a Mm -hmm. conversation with. I have a conversation this afternoon with a group um, out of the UK and I've been able to learn about them and the people that I'm going to have this conversation with and I'm excited because I see some areas where we have synergy because I've done my research right. and it was simple to find on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I mean how many times have we gone for an initial meeting with someone that mm-hmm. maybe we met through a business acquaintance or you know networking and you're wanting to meet them more and you Google them. Mm-hmm. What do you find? And again it comes back to ultimately what is your online reputation? Right. What will somebody find? You know, they they might find the professional side of you on LinkedIn, but then what if they find the party animal on Facebook? And I always say you never want to walk into a conversation where someone knows more about you than you do. Definitely. Um, And it happens all the time. So we call it ego surfing Mm -hmm. in the reputation world. And you Google yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, Find out, do you share the same name as someone who's a convicted felon Mm -hmm. in your industry? I had a client who shared the name of a woman who was a murder victim in a high-profile murder. And she wondered why she was getting these weird calls and emails from people asking how she was doing Mm -hmm. they wanted to make sure it wasn't the same person um you know that's the kind of information that's power you can do something Mm -hmm. about it google indexes so the more you put out there Mm -hmm. that's popular that's credible information about you will push down some of those hits there's a lot you can do proactively but if you don't know perhaps that's Mm -hmm. why the phone hasn't been ringing i saw someone's uh cover letter one time that they were submitting with a job and and they said in it when you search for me online because mm-hmm. they knew it was a when not right. an if when you search for me online please know that i am not the convicted felon they knew that that mm-hmm. was what was going to come up because they had the same name as somebody else right. so they dealt with it right away that's well, not and me the, and there are other things you can do i have a client who is, is high profile in this community and we started using her middle initial mm-hmm. online because her other name was just too common mm-hmm. so it would take too long to find the right, right. 
right. information. So as of our work together, we just started using her middle initial. Mm-hmm. And it was an easy thing to start doing to differentiate her mm-hmm. out of her competitive right. set. Well, and, and sometimes it's, you know, using, changing how your, your own name. Mm-hmm. You know, for years and years and years, I was Debbie. Okay, then I got a little older, a little more mature, and I was Deborah. You know, and, and it was funny because, of course, the voice had to change with that. Mm-hmm. I was Deborah, and now I'm Deb. You know, to most people, that is how. And but yeah, you know, I still have people who call me Debbie. I still have people who call me Deborah. But that part of that is how I want people to see me. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And you know, your profile picture has a lot to do with that. Mm-hmm. So if it's a picture of you from 20 years ago, it's going to be harder to see that it's you that I just met. Right. If it's a picture of you with a bunch of trees, I'm you know. All of it goes to creating the perception mm-hmm. that you want people to have of you. And all we're talking about through this whole hour together today has been reputation. Mm-hmm. How do you want people to feel about you? Right. Do you want to be seen as someone who's approachable and transparent and collaborative? Then make sure your messaging looks that way, your photo, the people that you're connected to, the kind of conversation that you're having. All of that has to reflect that value proposition. Mm-hmm. And if you're angry, hands off the keyboard. Yep. Oh yeah, most definitely, because you know you you don't want to take pot shots at people, mm-hmm. especially if they can't defend themselves. It's just not the time or the place, right? That's it. It's too public. It's too permanent. Mm-hmm. That's not the time or the place. You know, and and take it offline. You mm-hmm. know, if you have a problem with somebody, let them know offline. Yep. Don't you know? Don't try and escalate it because. Ultimately, it makes you look like the bad person. It is kind of fun to watch, though. If you've ever watched like a boyfriend and a yeah. girlfriend sort mm-hmm. of ha- start having it out, mm-hmm. but it's like driving by a car accident. Mm-hmm. We'll all look, you look. yeah, mm-hmm. but we don't really want to be right. part of it. Yeah. And and then of course, what happens is that's the image that you're left with mm-hmm. is that they were the spiteful, they was they were the vindictive, you know. And and you don't always remember the the posts that they talked about their volunteer life. So just leave those other ones out. Well, and keep in mind too that most people. Check Facebook a couple times a day mm-hmm. if you're active on Facebook. Right. We're not on it 24-7. So the odds of hitting the right person at the right mm-hmm. time, you you might just be picking up right. snippets. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of context that's left mm-hmm. out. So keep that in mind when you're posting online. You, you People might miss the context of what you're posting. Well, and keep that in mind when you're reading the post, mm-hmm. too. You know, Absolutely. Maybe somebody is posting something and you're thinking, what the heck are they talking about? Go back and look and see if maybe there's an explanation for it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and we hope that people would care that much to be able to do right, that. Right, right. Most of us will just form a perception and move on. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I think the most important thing to remember, though, is that it's public. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Excuse me, it's out there. Nothing really is private. Right. So, you know, if, if you don't want the whole world to know what the heck you are doing when you're doing it, don't post it. And I think, you know, a lot of what we talked about in this hour has been, you know, the things to be afraid of. But social networking offers so much oh. opportunity for people to really get to know you. Mm-hmm. I have had such wonderful, you know, almost loving conversations with clients and friends that mm-hmm. I've reconnected with and communities that I would have otherwise no opportunity to reach and really experience on a much more personal level. Yep. And it, it, yes, I do have to be careful. And yes, it is very public. But it has opened up just such a global community. Mm -hmm. And I know that for the work that I do with the veterans or uh, various different disability communities, that it has really allowed me to increase my reach Mm -hmm. much more than my my local community here. And that has been such a gift. Well, and you never know where a good lead, a Mm -hmm. good customer could come from. You don't know who people are connected with. You know, I, I have people who always tell me, oh, you know, I'm I'm only Facebook friends with people that, you know, my, my, my family and my friends. Okay, that's great, and that's certainly a decision that they have made. 
but that personal you know friend that you've had since you know first grade might also be the person who can refer you to a new client mm-hmm. so watch what you're saying online to them because they don't want to jeopardize their reputation by referring you to, to that position knowing that that might not be a good fit or that right. it might cause a problem that's your strategy that mm-hmm. might not be their strategy right. they might be more of an open networker mm-hmm. online yeah. Absolutely. So, you know, take advantage of the fact that we are connected. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it makes it a, a, a much smaller world. Mm-hmm. You know, we talk about 800 million people on Facebook. That's a really scary number. Yeah. But it's also, to me, it's so positive mm-hmm. because it does mean that we can reach out to people that we've, you know, lost track of. I have found high school classmates kindergarten classmates again on facebook we have have developed friendships on there and they've turned out in in some cases to be customers so that's what's always fun about this so you know always remember that what you're posting people can read people will read they'll look back at they'll look at the archives so how do you want people to remember you what you know if if somebody were to introduce you to somebody else what would you want them to say exactly and if you have any trouble figuring that out my book is called reputation 360 (laughs) (laughs) creating power through personal branding because that's really what right. we're all doing is mm-hmm. we're creating a legacy. Right. And give the, the uh, URL address for your blog, things like that. Sure. My uh, my website is lita360.com. Uh, my blog is unleashingyourbrand.com. And the book URL is reputation360book.com. You can get all of those places through Lita360. I'm also all over social networking and would love to connect with any of your audience members who find a connection and see, see the value. Perfect. Well, I'm sure that we will have you back again because this is such a, a good topic. And for me, it is something that every single person really does need to think about. You know, how are people going to think of you? So with that, we're going to wrap up the hour. Next week, we're going to be talking with a, a, an HR recruiter who really uses LinkedIn almost exclusively to look for potential job candidates. So, you know, what is she looking for in people's profiles? How is she helping them write those profiles? How does she eliminate people based on their LinkedIn profiles? So catch us next week. You can always listen to the archives online. Go back and catch the program that uh, Lita mentioned with the veterans because there's some great information there. And until next time, just find us all online. Thank you. You're listening to Mile High Radio, milehighradio.com, on the World Wide Web, for your listening. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs> <laughs>